You probably know Vistaprint for business cards, but did you know we also print everything a small business needs? Like that store's window decal you keep staring at while you're waiting for this traffic to move. Or that bumper sticker in front of you. We print anything, like all that stuff in your back seat, that t-shirt, that tote bag, that takeout menu. We print it. That guy's hat in the car next to you? Technically, that's embroidery. But yeah, we print that too. We can even help design it all for you. Because when you use Vistaprint, the printabilities are endless. Print it all at vistaprint.com. You probably know Vistaprint for business cards, but we also print everything a small business needs. Like the sign in that window over there, or that bumper sticker in front of you, or that takeout menu, and that tote bag in your back seat. We print and design it all. Discover the printabilities at vistaprint.com. Millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and seed to the far corners of the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom, kingdom of heaven. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization. Most of the people in here are just your reflections. They're your mistakes. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. One million of the planet's eight million species are threatened. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Your lives and the credibility of the United Nations is at stake. Epstein didn't kill himself. The reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization. They're trying to take you out with bullshit. The experience of the past two years has proven beyond doubt that no nation can appease the Nazis. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. In the language of the U.S. Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena. Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. Uh, there is very compelling evidence that we, uh, we may not be alone. This is the Garden of Doom. Welcome everyone into Garden of Doom and this week we're going to talk about astrology. Um, and in some of the prior shows we've touched on astrology and have spoken about astrology. Sometimes I didn't even know that that was going to be the topic um, because a lot of the guests have uh, well, a lot of stuff overlaps in the Venn diagram. But uh, for instance, in the Chinese myth and magic show, a lot of astrology was covered there. The Chinese zodiac is different than the zodiac that probably most of us are familiar with on a day-to-day -day or month-to-month -month basis. When someone says, what's your sign? That's not the Chinese zodiac. Um, so you can check out that show. Also uh, the one, uh, the meta astro mythicism that had a lot of astrology built into it and the show uh with rn voot i forgive me i can't remember the title of that show but if you search for that there's a lot of uh, astrology involved there and in other places too but today this is the mostly western american version of astrology a 101 course 
the guest today is Carla Thompson. Thank you for joining us, Carla, and how are you this evening? Hello and welcome. Thank you for the invitation, and so far so good. I'm well. Excellent. Well, hopefully it'll stay that way. Um, I want to say thank you to the people who connected us, but I don't want to say their names because I didn't get permission to say their names. I didn't even think to, to ask. So just DNJ, you know who you are. Thank you very much. And if you do want credit for this at a later time, I'm happy to do it. And hopefully you listen to the show and share it with all of your friends and a lot of our mutual friends, because we do have a lot of the same people in our worlds. But Carla, please tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, whatever you want to share, if, if it's uh, upbringing, educational background, whatever you want to share, but uh, ending it with how did you go from being interested and curious in astrology to being someone who might come on a podcast to be able to speak upon it? What an interesting question. Who am I? Um, <laughs> you know, as a, as a child, I used to stare in the mirror. <laughs> somewhat even into teenagehood and adulthood and just really question and look in my own eyes like who are you so um i am carla ray thompson i am an educator i'm an author um a healing arts guide i am multi-passionate about a lot of things um i'm a lifelong learner learner lifelong learner let's get that straight um Endlessly curious. My favorite question is why. Second favorite, why not? <laughs> um, I appreciate perspective. Um, that is me in this moment. Um, you had some more questions than that, but I got to get all caught up in trying to answer the who am I? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a pretty big question. Yeah, it is. Um, well, what started your journey into astrology and you know and and what was your path that got you to the place where you when someone said will you talk about astrology to a bunch of people who may know nothing about it on a podcast so what took you from huh that's interesting to yeah i think i can cover that sure well to your point and our mutual um friends who connected us d and j um are actually the um the D part of that equation are, is actually the person who led me uh, to what I really consider a path of astrology um, that I embarked on when I moved to Baltimore many moons ago. And she introduced me to um, an astrologer in Baltimore City. I think I only had my chart read maybe once out of curiosity prior to that. And again, being endlessly curious. And for me, so much of astrology and learning about it um, has been to better understand myself. It, it's really to ignite my own understanding and self-awareness and try to make sense <laughs> of my who and my why and my what. And my win. And so um, Dee introduced me to this to an astrologer who, I mean, you know, I think I was assuming because it felt like I was meeting this guru <laughs> of, you know, this extremely esoteric information, but it resonated so deeply. It made sense at a level that um, 
I really couldn't put into words. And so I continued to just go and get my chart read, learn more, understand the patterns. And years later, I became a mother. And it was within my role as a mother that I started to question how can I better understand my own children and in turn be a better parent. So it was really my my path as a mother that um, led me to really start studying seriously. And it occurred to me one day during uh, a chart reading about my son with that same astrologer that I realized this is just a language. You know, I mean, the same characters, the same symbols make up um, the same words in a, in a chart, but how they're placed and how you interpret it is no different than reading a language. And when that clicked for me, I decided, oh, I need to learn how to like read this language. <laughs> and that's when I really, really uh, started to dive deeply into my studies. I did study um, professionally, I should say, or um, what's the right word? Um, in a formal way, that's what I want to say, in a formal way through a program in Baltimore City. And that's been since about 2008. But what I've learned is that the more I, I learn about astrology, the more there is to learn. It's like the more I uncover and, and make connections around, I realize the more I don't know. So it's like this higher, deeper continuum. The, um, the higher I go in understanding, the deeper I realize there's more to reveal and and uncover. Yeah, that's normal. I mean, a lot of what you said resonated with me because a lot of things, once I've understood that something's a language, it's helped me to understand how to understand that thing. Uh, And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of languages I wish I understood, like machines, like like how electricity works and things like that, that, you know, but for a while, I'm terrible with technology, but there there was this moment, there was this year or so where all of a sudden, like, I could understand things because I knew it was a language. When when people put took a little time with me and showed me how the things worked, then all of a sudden I was understanding systems. I was getting that. I, I lost that skill quickly. But um, the other thing is uh, it's very natural as you learn something more to realize how much you don't know because you know what questions to ask, the things that you weren't even thinking about things before, and it opens new doors. And... Uh, I, just consider yourself lucky that it's it's one topic of astrology as opposed to a podcast where you talk to you know something like a, a hundred different people on a hundred different expertises and you know around episode fifty you thought you were pretty smart and then then, then by episode seventy five you realize you're not smart and and then you know and that, and that just keeps repeating with the uh, you know people say you're asking great questions I'm like yeah but I feel like I know nothing. Um, but but this is not about me. It's about you. Um, so this, this is, this is great. So let's just start with some of the real basics because I, I I continually forget. So I know that the, the Western Zodiac and when we talk about astrology going forward, that that's basically what we're saying, unless I say something else Mm -hmm. or you say something else, just so that the, the audience understands that. Um, I know that it's about a position that the, a constellation that occupies the same place in the sky as the sun for what is sort of roughly a month, even though that's not exactly the case. Um, but 
is it is it the equator? Is it you know is it an equinox? I mean, Capricorn is basically January all over the world, and January is the same basically. So the equator is really the only thing that makes I guess sense to me. I don't know. Instead of me trying to answer the question and what makes sense to me, why don't you tell me what the answer is? Well, let me start by saying this, that it is, to me, in its essence, astrology is simply the study of cycles. You know, it goes back to that hermetic principle of as above, so below, as within, so without. So what's happening in the sky, knowing that we're made of all the same things in, in the cosmos, is happening also within us. So a recognition of those cycles Cosmically, celestially, um, I believe is a path to gain, like I said, um, understanding, more self-awareness, and kind of make sense of the cycle, the patterns and cycles that we go through in our own lives. So, let's see. When we think, when we think of the cycles, something that many people are familiar with. Um, or maybe aware of is this chart, this, this, this chart divided into 12 pie slices. It looks like, um, if you're using a whole house approach and each segment of this pie means something. And, you know, at a very base level, when people hear about astrology, they think of their sun sign, like, like you said, you know, when Capricorn is. Um, and so they can go and reference, you know, I'm this sun sign, but that's really scratching the surface. Um, really to understand yourself, there's a trio of placements that you want to understand, and that's your sun sign, your moon sign, and what's called your rising sign. And um, it's with that, with that um, trio of energy and understanding that at a very very um, foundational level, you can gain some self-awareness. So the sun sign, you know, um, goes across these 12 pies, sections, I'll call them. And you may want to think of it like a play. If you consider your life <laughs> as a theatrical event and you are the main character, right? There's going to be different settings that you live out your life. There's going to be um, different characters um, and roles that you play and um, different types of, of behaviors that you're going to embody. So the houses within a chart are those settings. Each house has its own energy. Each house has its own focus. But as you move from the first house to the second and around this chart, you're moving across those settings in a play, um, essentially. Within that, you're going to meet different characters or aspects of yourself. And those roles are the planets. Um, each planet, whether it's, if you think of the solar system and, and celestial bodies starting with the moon, well, really starting with the sun and the moon, and then Mercury, Venus, Mars, um, Jupiter, Saturn, where else do we go? We go to Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And I know Pluto's been doing its thing um, as to whether or not it's really a planet. But each of those planets 
are one of the roles that we play in our own theatrical thing called life. And then, um, and then there's all these signs, the 12 signs that are part of the Zodiac and they help to embody the behaviors that we engage in. Tell me if that makes sense a little bit before I keep going. It, it does make sense. Um, no, I want you to keep going because, it, it, because okay. I, I feel like you're just scratching the surface and still telling the introduction. Uh, right. I, I don't want to judge the introduction until the introduction is done. <laughs> okay. Well, feel free to in, in interject and say uh, that makes absolute sense or that is really confusing. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, so when we think of the signs, I'm, and I'm going trying to remember um, some of the things that you asked specifically, because you actually folded a lot of information in your attempt to answer your own question. <laughs> but, um, and, and that's actually what I'm trying to deconstruct to go back to the basics with. But well, those um, are the very basics. Like, how, how do we determine what sign is associated with which time period? I mean, am I right? Is that the, the, it's a yeah. constant, the, 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 it's in a certain part of the sky that where, where the sun would be like at high noon or what? I, I, I I don't know. Maybe. Well, it goes by its its movement around the sun in the constellation. I mean, it, it's movement around Earth in the constellation. So the sun and every celestial body goes through that same cycle. The sun and every celestial body will go through Aries, will go through Taurus, will go through Gemini, will go through Cancer, will go through Leo, will go through Virgo, will go through... Um, Libra will go through Scorpio, will go through Sagittarius, Capricorn, um, Aquarius, Pisces, and continue that cycle. So everybody gets a chance to play in those those constellation spaces that you were mentioning. So our sun sign is our essential self. It is um, that essential uh, light and energy and perspective that you shine out in the world. And that's what people connect to with, you know, that when they were born, this chart, there's a moment when everyone comes out of mom's body and in that exact moment, take a snapshot of the sky, literally take a screenshot of the sky and that's your birth chart. So that's why whenever you go to get a reading or you go online to um, pull up a chart, you're always gonna be asked, what time were you born? Where were you born and what time were you born? Because that helps to narrow down the screenshot. Um, when you don't know or if someone's adopted and maybe they don't have their um, birth information, I mean, any number of reasons. If there's anyone who knows the time of, maybe the time of day, was it before midnight? Was it afternoon? Was it when the soaps were on? You know, what, is there anything that you can remember about the general time of day? Because the more you can narrow it down, the more accurate your chart will be. Um, but that's really all it is. It's a snapshot of that one singular moment. But um, and in that moment, you learn what your sign would. Um, yeah, you learn what your signs are, what planets were in which sign that make up you. So that's how your sun sign is determined. Because if in on March third. And there's a snapshot of the sky, and that's when I was born. The sun was in Pisces. It's just a basic fact. So if your birthday is June 22nd, and then take a snapshot of the sky, the sun was moving into Cancer. Um, so it's not that so the sun is, is, that the constellation is 
following the sun in the sky or occupies the same spot. It's that the sun is literally, as we rotate and we orbit around the sun, this, from our perspective, the sun, the backdrop of the sun is that constellation as the universe or the, the, the galaxy uh, revolves and as the sun revolves, you know, spins and as the earth revolves around the sun. So the sun is actually inside that constellation from a vantage point. Uh, no matter where you are on Earth, if you're looking at, if you if you see the sun, you'll if you can see stars, you would see that same body of stars. Exactly, exactly. Oh, okay. and, and to that point, I mean, that's why it's so interesting to understand how ancient civilizations in the antiquities understood the sky because that's exact. We're looking at the same sky <laughs> yeah. that that they were um, to be able to you know, determine when is harvest, you know, how do we know now, yesterday, was it yesterday? Yes, yesterday was the autumnal equinox, so we're officially into fall, right? But it's because of the antiquities that we understand that that movement is a time for harvest, is a time for um, reaping what we sow, right? And Again, in three months, when the, the sun moves, and we're also in the sign of Libra right now, um, we move into the next season of winter, when the sun is moving into Capricorn, we're initiating a whole new cycle. When the sun moves into spring in March, we're initiating another cycle, and then in Cancer in the summer in June, we've initiated a cycle. That's something really important to understand about those four signs. The modalities of those four signs are initiators, and that is a cardinal sign, meaning that they take action, they bring forth action, they are initiating a new period of time. So every season, the easiest way to remember the four cardinal signs and those initiators are to remember the seasons. Every spring, every summer, every fall, every winter, the signs associated with them are cardinal signs. So that's Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. So it's not they north, are. south, east, and west. It's summer, fall, winter, spring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's those signs are cons- are consistently connected to our seasonal, to the um, to the initiation of a new season. And it's not related at all to the cardinal, the bird, or the, or the color red. No, 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 no. It's cardinal in terms of being important the the, the right. essential the reason i asked that i mean i understood that. i just wasn't sure if it was a it was a double entendre uh be, because no, no. Uh, because i do know in the chinese zodiac that one of the essential animals is the vermilion bird which is and i asked the guy I go what what's vermilion i know i should know this i see restaurants <laughs> called vermilion he's like red so i i was just wondering if that oh. if red, so. okay but that's interesting because i mean you know in Everything is connected in some way or another, but right. that, that's that, an interesting perspective. There was a method to my madness. Whether whether it's a real connection or not, neither one of us knows. So, yeah. so, so again, so you've got this modality of cardinal initiating action. So that is those four signs. The signs that directly follow those are fixed signs. So think of it in terms of energy. The cardinal signs are getting something started. They're like, all right, let's push the gas, let's go. Um, 
they're the ones that are going to make the action happen. So then the next sign is in the middle. It's a fixed sign. It helps to stabilize whatever's been initiated. So what are those stabilizing signs? That would be Taurus. That would be um, Leo. That would be Scorpio. That would be Aquarius. Those are all fixed signs. So they are working to stabilize energy. They're trying to make sense of what's been started. And you probably know this print for business cards, but we also print everything in small business scenes, like the sign in that window over there, or that bumper sticker in front of you, or that takeout menu, and that tote bag in your back seat. We print and design it all. Discover the printabilities at vistaprint.com. Strengthen it so that it can continue. That's right. And then the final sign, the third sign, and this happens every quarter, you have a fixed sign, I mean, you have a cardinal initiating sign, then you have a fixed sign, and then you have what's called a mutable sign. And these signs help support transition. Because knowing that all of this is a cycle, we have to, we have to kind of integrate everything that's been started and strengthened. Now let's integrate it so we can move to the next cycle to evolve it. And so what are those mutable signs? That would be Gemini. That would be, let's see, where am I? Um, uh, Virgo. That would be Sagittarius. And that would be Pisces. So those signs are those tra mutable, tra what I'll call um, transitional signs. Again, they they um, are geared towards integration and then that transition to evolve to the next to the next phase so it's not uh, you know a lot of times it's um thought that aries is the beginning pisces is the end you could make an argument for that but it's not a linear experience it's, it's cyclical because astrology studies cycles mm -hmm. <laughs> so um at the end of the Pisces transition, the initiation starts again with the Aries. Um, and when you think of it like that, it, I think, kind of minimizes that idea that one sign is better in some way than another. They all have their um, strengths. They all have their shadows. When something is out of balance, um, you know, it can be a little dicey. <laughs> But when they're in their full strength and and um, um, balance is not the word I want to I want to use, but I'm, at the moment I'm drawing a blank as to best how to describe it. But 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 in harmony with himself, um, you know, you, there's so there's so many gifts to be had through any of the signs, um, wherever they may fall. And at some point, wherever you are in your there there is some element of all of them within your chart, whether you know it or not. You may have um, more of them than another, I mean, more types than another, or you may have um, planets that are directly within one of those signs, but all of us have some element of all 12 within our makeup. And I imagine um, because the planets and other celestial bodies are in different places at different times, that somebody born on the same day as me, but in a different year or, you know, uh, may have some very different 
readings based on where, you know, I'll just make it aware, Mars was versus Mercury. I mean, I have no idea if they're, yeah. you know, what, what their orbits are, et cetera. But that, that's the concept. It's funny because I was thinking when you were describing, you know, about the start and the finish, it's sort of like Wheel of Fortune because every time there's a spin, <laughs> you don't start at, you don't start at 500 each time, but you start to spin from wherever the last one ended. Exactly. And, then, and then I, then it occurred to me that the whole concept of Wheel of Fortune probably comes from astrology and the same exact thing. And all those little pies, like there's a whole lot of pies, and, I mean, a whole lot of sections on the Wheel of Fortune chart, but, but, um, but yeah, definitely. And so, understanding that um, we all experience all twelve of them, twelve, all twelve of the signs, um, each and every month. One of the best ways to know yourself within the energies of the sign is by um, being aware of where the moon is because the moon is physically, you know, closest to the earth. It goes the fastest through the cycles of the sign approximately every two and a half days. The moon is in a new sign. So you're reading my so, mind because I have my question. I have here phases of the moon. Yeah. But I'm, but not even just, well, that's a whole nother level. See, that's that higher, deeper thing, but I'm just simply saying, you know, um, let's see, where is the moon today? The moon is, in Virgo today. So understanding that um, about every two and a half days, it's going to change to a new sign. The reason I say one, it's um, keeping track of the moon, maybe for 30 or 60 days, and just recognizing your own patterns. You might not exactly know where this moon is, but if you just keep a daily note of you know my energy's high today or these kind of conflicts were happening today or i was able to resolve this or i felt really playful today or um boy you know my daydreams were off the chart do you, <laughs> so, you know, just do you kind think of like noting your energy level noting your interactions with others with interactions within yourself um if you do that and then look to see so where was the moon on that calendar day? You can start to understand how you personally work, how you personally move in the world when the moon is in any of those signs. You recognize your own patterns. So you so, can take uh, your diary and your journal and then cross-reference it with the position of yeah. the moon and maybe other things too. And and you may be able to discern things about yourself I, I'm wondering which came first, chick, you know, chicken head, the people journaling, diarying, or this, this, this trend that people notice in themselves say, huh, maybe I should, maybe I should write this down to see if there's patterns, just like they were writing down the seasons and when crops grew and when they didn't and, exactly. you know, uh, other, exactly. other cycles. Interesting. Fun. Um, Give me a direction to go because I can go in. <laughs> uh, I I want to ask you something. This is probably so. I, this this is one of my little pet things because I didn't know this. I'm a I'm a Scorpio, and Scorpios, you know, you know, whatever the the stereotypical Scorpio traits are, I'm told I have them when I read them. Goes, yeah, it sounds like me. And what I've learned is that Scorpio is only, or the sun is only in Scorpio for like something like seven days, not like you're 20 something or 30 that one might think. So Scorpios, we, we have a sort of an inferior, inferiority complex and a superiority complex at the same time, because 
you know, we, we, we were only there for a short amount of time, but we still get this whole sign all to ourselves, just like we're, you know, the, the regular 28-day cycle. And I've learned that poor Ophiochus, or I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, got short shrift. They're, they're the actual 13th sign. And then I found out that Ophiochus is the serpent or the serpent bearer. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, no wonder nobody likes the serpent. But, you know. And, <laughs> well, you have to be, be, um, be fair with your Scorpio self and recognize that Scorpio has unique symbolism because there's two elements to, to Scorpio in that way. So, yes, there's a traditional Scorpionic representation and being stung, you know, by its tail, but there's also the phoenix and rising from the ashes. And, you know, where, what you choose to um, recognize more or maybe resonate more with or bring your awareness to, I think it's just really important to uh, make that connection. That true story. You know, really make that connection and, and is... dive into it. If you only know one part of that symbolism, explore what it is and why it is that the Phoenix Rising is um, so deeply connected. Well, let me, let me tell you something. And, and I mentioned this on one of the other shows. I think it was the one with Robert Phoenix. Um, and this is true. I did not know this until that show, and you have just restated it, about the scorpion, Scorpio and Phoenix. I have a bunch of tattoos. Most of them you can't see because they're they're for me. They're not for the world. Or if I, right. you know, you can see part of them if I wear shorts. This are anyway. On one shoulder, I've got a scorpion. On the other shoulder, I have a phoenix. I had no idea they were connected. I got them both you know the same day. Called, right? uh, convergence or synchronicity in my world. Synchronicity. That's synchronicity. But I mean, you know, so when I think to my head, you know. What, you know, if you asked me three years ago, what do you think of astrology? Go, eh, it's probably a little silly, but it'll probably help people figure out the crops and, you know, and when to harvest and stuff like that. And then I learned this and I, and it gets affirmed and then reaffirmed by two different people who don't know each other. And I mean, did it feel like it was just like two cool things I thought represented me at the time? Sure. Do I think maybe there's more to it now? Yeah, it, 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 I mean, that's a heck of a coincidence. And it's actually, I mean, it's literally carved on me. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you owe it to yourself to to just understand the dynamic, you know, because that Scorpio energy is all about um, transformation. So forget you know, about it's it. all about, but it's about that burn it down to the ground. Yeah. For, <laughs> let's forget Let's put a pin in me for for the second, and we'll footnote me, and maybe we'll get back to me. But okay, okay. What happened but to? I mean, in general, all of us have some Scorpio in us. Right? Oh, I don't mean because I I don't mean because I don't want to talk about me personally. It's just because I want I, I I have a burning point. What happened to poor Ophiochus? What what what? Hey, I what? wish I had the answer. <laughs> I mean, if you do, I really if you wish I had the answer, and I don't know why, you know why. He, she, it was, you know, like estranged from, I don't know. I, I wish I could give you that answer. Um, I would love to be able to give you that answer. But um, but it makes, you know, it, now, now that's a whole other level of exploration. You know, when you do factor in the 13th um, sign and recognize its placement 
and then see how everything not even pivots but the the impact of the shifting um talk about changing perspective you know we could connect it to this horoscope identity <laughs> that we're told that you are such and such and i think you know the the mere fact that there's a whole body of of of, of belief that supports its its existence and then those that want to um deny it um you know i really think it gets it's a lot of that is connected to the comfort we have in our own identification through these random well for some random you know sign assignments that we've been um deemed to have because of the date of our birth so willingness to suspend what we know and consider other ways of of being and moving in the world i think allows us to gain some more answer, you know insight personally um when we consider the fact over 13 sign when we consider other um other ways that astrology is studied you know um but for some it's really hard to let go because yeah. you know i i i was told i'm an aquarius i know that's what that means and i i you know identify that way and come hell or high water you're not going to take that away from me and it's it's not about that <laughs> you know it's really not about that it's um it's just another way it, it it's really that perspective i don't i'm really not sure how else to say it well i, I have my own theories about ophiocus but i i don't think we know each other well enough to do it I and mean, that maybe do it <laughs> offline or in a in a okay. like a 401 okay. show down 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 the road maybe, <laughs> maybe my theories will change by then uh because, okay. because this is, but this is definitely not 101 201 this is this is, this is going so I, I I want to ask, like, people say, this is a water sign, this is mm -hmm. a fire sign. I assume that's something to do with what those elemental or those characteristics, those traits exactly. you were talking about. What what does exactly. what does a water sign mean generally, obviously? What does a fire sign mean? And I assume that there's four of them. There's uh, earth, wind, fire, and... Uh, and uh, it's fire, earth, air, and water. Right, okay. Like the, so... Yes, our fire signs, and it, um, and if you, um, well, our fire signs are are bold, energetic, <laughs> um, out in the world, out in your face. They are, um, you know, they, they, there's a creative, energetic force that comes with our um, fire signs. They are the igniters. You know, um, and you just because someone has a fire sign doesn't mean it's a cardinal sign. So I just want because I know I talked about cardinal signs um, or the cardinal energy and um, in terms of that modality. But our fire signs, um, they ignite the flame quite literally, whereas the air signs are more related to um, a lot of mentality in the sense that a lot of thinking, a lot of um, in, in the head, in the mental space um, can come with, with air signs. Water signs are, are traditionally connected to going with the flow. Um, that kind of flexibility, that kind of um, 
bending not to be a doormat, but to um, move in the way that the energy best supports. And then our earth signs are grounders. They they ground, um, they offer that grounding energy that brings us connected into our physical space. Because um, we do live in, you know, in a, in a dense environment. <laughs> and sometimes if we're too heady, if we're too out there, so to speak, um, we need to be grounded in order to be able to move forward um, with whatever direction we're needing to, to work on and work through. So, I mean, that's kind of a shortcut way to explain it. That's fine. We're short, shortcuts are okay for the for this lesson, episode, whatever we want to call it. Um, you were touching on it before, and we sort of gave, I think, both short shrift. Let's start with What's the influence, impact, interpretation of the planets? And then after that, same question with regards to the moon. And then I guess the follow-up question to that would be phases of the moon. So that generally that's that's sort of where I think I, I think that Say logic. That one more time for me. Say it one more time for me, Jeff. What is the impact or the importance or interpretation of where planets are with regards to constellations or your signs in readings? And then the same question would apply to the moon, and then the same mm-hmm. question would apply to phases of the moon or other celestial bodies, if that plays a role. So when we think of the planets, we can think of ways that um, we take action in our life. So if we're thinking of um, Mercury as an example, you know, Mercury governs communication. It is it governs our expressive thoughts it, it it our expressive communication our receptive understanding um it it's connected with technology it's connected with um our what i would say is like our close community um so if we're looking at mercury and how we are speaking in our world right um depending on what sign Mercury is in can impact how that communication is shared. So if, if your Mercury is in Aries, as an example, with Aries being a very forthright, bold um, type of energy, then you may be someone who communicates quickly, bluntly, cuts people off potentially. <laughs> you, know, you know what you know, and you know what you're going to say, and you are not, um, you know, you don't have a restriction. You don't feel a restriction in terms of what needs to be spoken. So Mercury in Aries versus Mercury, say, in um, what's another a different sign, um, maybe in Virgo. You know, there's a there's a level of uh, analytics that comes with Virgo. There's a very uh, there's a level of specificity. There's the detail orientation, um, you know, the very organized way of of thinking and communicating. So there, there is a again a specificity that would come with Virgo that might not come with Aries because you know they're a little bit more brash, a little off the cuff. Um, they're, they're maybe blurting it out more where Virgo is going to be very intentional, <laughs> um, very specific, very outlined. 
um, in terms of what's being of what's being said. So me, the sign, I mean, the planet has a behavior, has an action that we um, engage in, and the sign just is more of a descriptor of how that action is playing out. So when we think of um, Mars, you know, Mars is that it could be identified as a warrior energy. It could be the action that we take, the, um, the sex that we enjoy, the, um, um, it's, it, you know, there's a, a warrior type energy that comes with Mars. So you remember recently, uh, President Biden was on TV. It was at night. He had Marines standing behind him. Yes. At the White House. No, it was. It was, it was in like, Philadelphia. It was in the. It was in Independence Hall, and the the right, re, the red and black reddish, lights. Very. It was very ominous. Yes. And he was very forthright with what he was speaking. He was very um, clear <laughs> in his uh, fighting words, is what I'll call them. You know. That's exactly that kind of Mars and Gemini. You know, I've got this um, to share with you and these actions that we're going to take, but these are fighting words right here. <laughs> and and I think Mars had just moved into Gemini when he gave that speech. But just that visual is an example of that. Um, and it's no, it's no accident that um, the two we're in sync that way. You know, there, there's an energy that collectively we can all take advantage of if we understand where our planet is in any particular sign, because um, the same things that are happening to us individually is also happening on a collective. So yeah, it's gonna be smaller and um, closer to home in terms of how something may play out. But if you just look out in the world, the greater collective, the greater society, the greater the greater world is also dealing with the same energy, and those same things are just playing out on a more global stage. Um, what's another example? I'm trying to think. Of, I really want to be able to pair something like that um, with what's going on. Uh, January sixth uh, was uh, 2021. Was a pretty memorable day. Recently. That was a memorable day. I don't know the um, astrology of it offhand, though. Um, oh, I wish I had looked that up before we got on the call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, if you think of it, we can come back to it. Um, I was talking to a, another guest, and they indicated that, that, that sometimes the constellations interplay with each other, and that when I think it was Leo, which I guess is a sign sort of of, of royalty, leadership, uh, heroically, you know, or, or historically considered masculine traits when it interfaced with, maybe it was Virgo? I don't know. So another constellation that was thought of as more feminine traits that, that it was sort of like, that's when the whole toxic masculinity thing started. Um, I, I don't know if that's just one person's interpretation or if that's some people's interpretation. If there's anything to the interplay of constellations with, let's just say, traditional or stereotypical gender roles as not 
not gender roles as defined by 2022 as we live in the modern world. Yeah, and I, I think it's probably what they were saying is when a planet that was in Leo was somehow, um, okay, so when a planet was in Leo was interacting with another planet that say was in, in Virgo or maybe Pisces or something like that. So what I'm hearing is that that person was probably describing to you what's called a transit. So if you remember when I said earlier, when you're born, you know, the sky is laid out a particular way. The planets, the celestial bodies are all in a particular sign. Cheek, cheek, take a screenshot. And there we have it. That's a fixed moment. That moment is not going to come again, right? However, Amazon Business honors Jill Lau, Chief Procurement Officer of Global Network Bank. Last week, Jill saved big and used Amazon Business to help her team buy 327 headsets. Now Bob can keep his conversations to himself. Wait, am I still on speakerphone? With business buying easier than before, Jill now uses her extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Thank you for holding Hang it up, Bob. Amazon Business honors Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm gonna need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Mmm, fiddleheads. Yum the celestial bodies, the constellations, they keep moving. And so those are transitory because they had to continue moving through their cycles. So a transit is when um, a planet is in a particular sign again, and they, the interactions it may have with another planet and sign um, are determined by if they're conjunct, so when we have a new moon and the new moon, when we think of the lunar cycle and we have a new moon and that's when you can't see the moon in mm -hmm. the sky, it's the dark moon, the sun and, and the moon are conjunct in whatever the sign is. So each, at some point in every, um, what I'll call astrological season, the sun and the moon will be conjunct right next to each other in each sign in Aries, in Taurus, in Gemini. They're right next to each other. That's the start of the lunar cycle. Um, over a couple of weeks, the moon will begin to grow. As an example, you'll, it'll become more visible until it's full. And that interaction is called an opposition because now the sun and the moon are directly polar opposites. So if the sun is in Libra, it's direct polar opposite is going to be Aries. So when we have a full moon soon, that's going to be a full moon in Aries. Because in the sky right now, the sun is in Libra. They are opposite each other. So that's another interaction. Um, a third interaction is where, um, and so let me just step back for one second. When, when the planets 
are conjunct each other right together there's a um there's a working together that is happening because they're they're just working right alongside each other when they're opposite like when we have a full moon um while they are in opposition to each other, the goal is to find that fulcrum in the middle. Okay. Where's the harmony in the middle between these polar opposites? It's not that one is wrong or better than the other. There's um, beneficial elements about both, and we find that in the middle somewhere. Um, a conjunct, no. An alignment must, is that when there's just a straight line, and so all of the energies are sort of in one direction? Is this. Is that the significance? What, of an opposition? Of an alignment, like when all the plants are in alignment. I know that's very rare. Oh, oh, when they're in alignment. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, and that, so yes, the, there is an energetic thread that's running when you have a series of planets in alignment with each other. Yeah, that that's so freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's just so wonderfully awesome. But um, um, in the summertime, Oh, that, that's going to a whole nother level. Yes, but to answer your question, yes, that, that is um, exactly what's happening. There's an energetic thread that is, it's like the energy is funneling from one through the other. There's a reverberation that's happening that just intensifies um, that energy that's beaming down basically to us. And I, and um, I understand that you can have partial alignments and then you know all of the plants in alignment is much rarer maybe you'll have three plants in alignment and and obviously i'm not asking you to do all the permutations of those just so they each have their own significance with i guess more different energies uh working right together. but there's an there's an amplification of the energy because of the alignment right. um which i think is really key um is that amplification and being open to it. You may not understand it, but are you open to to receiving it is oftentimes um, half the battle. <laughs> it, it's oftentimes half the battle. But yeah, planet, I mean, the, um, the bodies interact through conjunctions, through oppositions, through, um, through squares that when when we're kind of at a 90 degree angle to each other. And if you think of the edge of a table and you've got that, that edge that you hit your elbow on, or you, um, you know, hit something that like, Oh, damn it. That hurt. <laughs> that can be the, the, the energy of a conjunction, but it's like a course corrector. It's something to, to get your attention so that you can make an adjustment. Um, so that that ouch can, can get, get smoothed out and, and um, be worked through, so to speak. There's sextiles, there's trines. Trines are a very positive energy. Trines are um, a relate, it is an energetic where you can take advantage of it. So um, even though trines are positive and supportive, it's also something that's very easy to take for granted. And you might miss the blessing of a trying connection that's happening for you um, at any given moment. But that would involve understanding those interactions involves a lot of, um, what's the word? Study. Study and just, um, it's a lot of day-to-day checking, you know, to see what's happening 
what's going to, you know, where, where are these interactions playing out for me this week or, um, in this next month? Um, and oftentimes a lot of understanding is gained in hindsight because you could be going through a really good time. You could be going through a really crappy time. And then in hindsight, look to say, Oh, look at that. (laughs) You know, um, any particular um, transit that was happening at that time, that may be what the, you know, that could be influencing and impacting an experience that you had. But that, that understanding is gained in hindsight after you've already had the experience. I know that's often the way it is for me. Um, that's that's what me, learning is. You learn from experience. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. I often think of, at this point for myself now, it's like, um, I don't identify as an astrologer, but what I do, astrology for me is like a lens to understand my day to day. It's a way of, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lens that I use to, um, inform and interpret and make sense of, of, of day to day. So, for for the apps or the information that I have at my disposal or that I can um, you know work through on my own, it's still it's still eye opening <laughs> when I, I look back. Like I said, I'm like oh, I knew that the moon was doing this or the moon was in that placement or um, this particular transit was happening. I knew it cognitively, you know, in my mind, but. Um, and the experience of something, you don't necessarily say, oh, that's right. Well, you have, to, put the, you have to sit down and put the data points together and, and recognize yeah. the, the pattern. Uh, and sometimes you're able, if you know it in advance, you can use it prospectively. Other times you have to use it retroactively to use it okay. going forward. I, I, I think I understand. Um, what does it mean when a planet is rising or a body is rising and, and like what's retrograde like sure so um earlier i had mentioned that beyond your sun sign there's really three data points that you really want to dive into and to, to really understand your your foundation your sun sign um your moon sign and your rising sign rising and ascendant are referring to the same point. So when we think of a, a chart, the rising sign is um, at the nine o'clock part of a chart. And that's basically saying, um, this is where the sun is rising, literally. And so the rising sign, your ascendant, is that part of yourself that you show out in the world. So you may have a... Um, a you might be a pisces sun right so you've got the at your essential self you've got this um this um how do you want to you've got this this being (laughs) who um just wants to to merge into you know within everyone else who wants to bring that that experience of togetherness who is willing to daydream it into reality, but they have a rising sign that is Taurus. So this 
they may they will likely present as someone who is very forthright, someone who can be stubborn, even someone who um, who is really um, that bull in the china shop kind of feeling. Um, even though they have this, what some would consider the softer sun sign. So understanding your sun sign, understanding your moon, because you, I mean, your rising, because that's how you um, often show yourself in the world. And then your moon is your more internal self. You know, it's only those special people. It's only those people who know the, the secret password who get to connect to your moon self, because that's, that's your feeling space. So understanding yourself as an essential, understanding how you present, and understanding your feeling self is the trio that makes up your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. But um, your rising sign is always um, the beginning of your first house in the chart, which is at 9 o'clock spot, if you imagine, you know, uh, the, the chart like a mm -hmm. clock. Um, and it's where the sun is rising in your chart. So... Uh, when you think of, okay, I should be really careful about that. It's where, um, if you think of the the chart as having um, that, what's the word I'm looking for? Having that, um, mm, I am drawing blank. You're not looking at east-west, are you? Not, <laughs> I can't believe I'm, this is so basic. Imagine it as the horizon. That's the word I'm looking at. Okay. As the horizon. So your your rising sign is coming above the horizon at that point. That's why you're, that's your ascendant slash rising sign. Can you ever have I, the I same? Can you, ever, hmm. can you have the same sun sign and moon sign? Is that is that rare or is that common or is it just it's just a thing? I think it's just a thing. Just a thing. I think it's just a thing. Um, no. I have the same rising and moon sign. So my moon and my um, rising sign are within my or first house placement, and they're only a few degrees apart from each other. My daughter, she has the same sun and moon sign. Um, you definitely can. You can have... Um, you definitely can, yeah. Because the, <laughs> because the moon goes much quicker, obviously, than, mm -hmm. than, than the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because the moon also revolves around the Earth and the Sun. That, people understand why the moon is <laughs> quicker. It's also a lot closer. Um, right, exactly. All right. There's, uh, let me go to my little notes here because something I don't know if this is astrology or not, uh, but I know that certain stars have um, significance. Uh, obviously, the North Star, which you know during this age is Polaris. I think about five thousand years ago was Vega. North Star is always sort of important. I know in, in a lot of Eastern cultures, Chinese specifically, and earlier I said that guy. That guy has a name. His name was Jason Reed. He was my guest. So I shouldn't call him that guy. I should acknowledge him. Um, uh, he uh, educated me that the Big Dipper is, is very significant uh, for the seven-star constellation. Usually when I hear the seven stars, uh, they're talking about the Pleiades, which... Mm -hmm. The dingbat I am until a few months ago, I thought it was Orion's belt. I just thought it was the three belt and then the four, you know, stars, you know, the, no, the Pleiades is, is, is seven, the, you know, the seven sisters. It's, it, it's, some people say it's like the arrow from, 
from, you know, the archer from Orion, but going to Sagittarius, which is also another hunter sign. Do, do you know what what is the significance of, of the Seven Sisters, Pleiades? Is, is that something that's in your wheelhouse at all? Like, you know, what, what um, what's the big deal? Not an, <laughs> yeah, not from an astrological point of view, but quite honestly, as a star seed placement, you know, like for for those who understand and believe that um, we're we're seeded from different star systems, mm-hmm. that's one of them. So is everyone seeded from there? No, but um, my understanding of uh, Pleiades in that in that way is not from an astrological point of view, just so much as a star being that may be star seed home <laughs> and 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 you know that the, the generative force that got us into this dimension on earth at this time um so a, a, a popular a popular hmm. panspermia human origin myth from some ancient culture or cultures or maybe the mother culture identify with the pleiades and it's and it's stuck it, it's it's because either because it's some essential truth or it's just one of the first myths, whatever the reason is, it's stuck, mm-hmm. and that is so it's sort of like the an origin story. I wonder, I wonder if, right. uh, if, it, story. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I wonder if Centauri is, is in that because that's, I think, the closest star system. But, um, that, that's, I mean, I don't know if you know or not, but that's probably for another day. Yeah, I don't, but. I, I appreciate your line of, of questions. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 sort of a. It, I, I, I know just enough to be dangerous. I, I think yeah, is, is, yeah, is, is where I put myself, but but that's fine because I because I, I'm I'm sort of a straw person for probably most of the audience who either knows around the same as I do, maybe a little bit more in certain things, maybe a lot more in certain things, but probably a little bit to a lot less in other things. Because why would they? Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't they haven't been doing a podcast on, you know, esotericism for, you know, two and a half years. Um, right. And had the good fortune to, you know, have a six degrees of separation that's expanded much like a, a universe and with, with great people like yourself. I have a question for you. You mentioned earlier that you have at your disposal a lot of apps that you utilize. Are there apps that you would recommend for, for beginners or someone who wants to start tracking this? Like, I mean, other than Dear Diary, what, you know, what apps do you, do you use? I mean, I'm not trying to do business for anybody else, but, you no, know, no, this is... I, just... have, I have no problem um, mentioning. I know that a an app that I know that is free, because I do have some that are paid for, um, the pattern is one that came highly recommended to me, and I have enjoyed it. I appreciate the perspective and the way it... Um, the way it um, explains the, the information, Sorry. I've always, I've found a lot of resonance with the pattern. So that is one app. Um, I use an app called Time Passages really to do my own charting so I can do it easily on the go. Um, Chani is one of my most favorites, but... Um, How do you spell it? C-H-A-N-I. Okay. Um, her app is my current most favorite. One of the people that I, um, she doesn't have an app, but 
let me look. I know that you can subscribe to her blog where she writes, but Saltwater Stars is undoubtedly, undoubtedly one of my most favorite. Um, in ter- she, yeah, she's just an astrologer that um, uh, I, I really appreciate <laughs> her interpretation, how how she makes connections. She recently... Um, Did you say Saltwater Stars Church? No, Saltwater Stars. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she, her... Mm, her insight, her analysis, the way she writes, the way she speaks, the way she, no, they, the way they write, the way they speak, the way they um, interpret, the way they analyze, the way they um, just bring it all together, um, to me is next level. That, now, that, I think that's a different level um, if you're just trying to get into it. But what I appreciate about their um, approach is that knowing that the planets are um, talk about antiquity, you know, <laughs> here and beyond, there's there's a an understanding and a relationship of working with planets as ancestors, and in the same way that um, you may engage in a relationship with your ancestors, you know, through through people who have lived before you consider that same understanding from a planetary aspect. And that just broke my mind open um, when I heard that. So hers, their reading is um, something that I always enjoy paying attention. I mean, their writing is something that I always enjoy engaging with. But in terms of apps, um, pattern, and I would say Chani, would be my two top favorites. Excellent. Um, okay, so we know we've heard that we're in the age of Pisces. Uh, perhaps we're in the age of Aquarius. I don't know if we passed or not, but what does that mean? I mean, I know that there's like a twenty-six thousand year, twenty-six hundred year sort of elliptical cycle, but what? What does it What does it mean that we're in the age like when you look at the sky? I, I guess at the nine o'clock again at the horizon at the rising. I mean, is there something to do with that? That that's the constellation. In that, um, I think that it. I mean, an age. There's the grand age, but the, there's the age that lasts like two thousand one hundred sixty years or so, and when you think of the age of Pisces, you think of the symbolism of the Christ, right? And the fishes and mm-hmm. the lambs. And you, you think of um, how on a collective level, we were functioning in this global society in ages back. And, and I mean, beyond our modern time, um, the energy of the sign that the age is in is driving how society is growing. So the ages actually go backwards. So if in the time of Christ we were in the age of Pisces and now we're in the age of Aquarius, we're considering, um, you know, what is the symbolism of 
of Aquarius that is guiding our societal grounding. And we're still so new into the age of Aquarius that it, I don't know that we can fully put our finger on it, but when you consider the technological innovations, you know, the um, living and moving through um, augmented reality and artificial intelligence, it's like, where is technology going to take us in a way that innovates who we are, what we do, how we engage, um, Oh, we all know that it's it's the Matrix and Skynet, but uh, and Terminator. I mean, that that that's how. <laughs> you know, it's like it, if if it's lasting for over two thousand years, you know, what are the symbols? What is everybody going to be living in Second Life? I don't know. Um, you but know, but a I, step back from from that, like what? Not what does it mean, but literally, how do we determine that this is the age of Aquarius versus the age of Pisces? Like. Who looked well, at what and what are they seeing? It's hard to say there's a hard stop and here's the hard start because some could say that we've been transitioning into the age of Aquarius easily over 50 years. I will I will accept that there's an overlap of, of decades, even a couple of centuries. I just I just want to know how they how someone decides what age of what sign we're in. Like what is the what is the determining factor in the sky that tells us that? What's someone looking at? Oh, says, oh, 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 I, I see what you're saying. Like like literally one oh one. This is <laughs> Oh, um Huh. I, well, I don't know that I have that answer. I don't know that I have that answer in terms of what's the signifier in the sky. Oh, no. Suicide prevention starts with everyday heroes like you. Join the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention for any of the 11 Maryland Out of the Darkness walks this fall. Walk with us to fight suicide and raise funds and awareness to help save lives in Maryland. Together, we can create a culture that's smart about mental health. Find a walk near you. Go to AFSP.org slash MD together. That's AFSP.org slash MD together. Support the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention at any of our 11 out-of-the-darkness walks across Maryland to fight suicide and raise awareness for mental health. Join us. Find a walk near you at AFSP.org slash MD together. That brings that. Okay. I misunderstood what you were saying. That's okay. I, I'm sure I wasn't saying it exactly because I'm not exactly sure how to phrase things because I, I don't really know the concepts to translate them into, into words I can use. To, uh, yeah. Oh, you're fine. I'm trying. Thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah but I, I, I mean, I assume it is something to do with the, the positioning of said constellation in a fixed place of the sky or following you know, uh, you know, some, you know, some yeah. orbit of, you know, the sun. I mean, I, I, I have heard that there's the 12 zodiac signs and, and the sun is the 13th in the lunar, it's the moon and the Jupiter, it's Jupiter. You know, I've heard yeah. that King Arthur had 12 nights and Arthur was sun that that's, that that's also a, a symbol for the, the Christ in the center and the 12 apostles. Saying, yeah, yeah. Jesus the Christ and the twelve, right? Exactly. You know that the, the you know for, poor Ophiuchus the serpent was Satan and cast out. That's why that's why Ophiuchus got, got 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 the boot. Um, you know, uh, and and there's more diabolical stuff. But but I was like literally looking for a simple answer as to you know 
somebody said, yeah, this is that was the age of Pisces because when the sun rose in the east, Pisces was right there, or and now Aquarius is right there, and maybe it's not that simple. Um, it's okay if you it don't know. It could be that simple, and Carla just doesn't know. Yeah, that 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 that's fair too. We we we, we don't we we don't we don't want to fake things. Well, maybe if we do a two hundred one show, uh, maybe you'll know that one at at that point. Maybe maybe I mean I'm sure there's an answer. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the just, chance to do it again. It's just like one of those things. Like I know there's a difference between a a, a sea and a gulf. I'm not exactly sure what it is, and a, and a K and a bay and a. You know, and then I'm not exactly sure what those is in a brook and a stream and a river. Maybe there's not differences. I, I don't know. I used to think there was a difference between jungle and forest. Looked it up. Nah. So there's no there's no different definition. It's just different words. So it's nothing about the moisture content or, or the type of animals. Or So if if you were in Africa and you called something the forest, you said, no, forest is where there's bears and wolves and deer, not you know, leopards and water buffalo. Nope, you're wrong. It, if, if you're in the middle of Kenya and you call a forest, you're right. It's still a forest. And if you're in Oregon and you call what's next to you a jungle, you're right too. Um, or if I look at my, at my window, I've got a small jungle behind me or a small forest. Mm-hmm. Um, so much much my disappointment. Like hurricane and typhoon, same energy, but a different name because yeah. of where it's placed. There you go. Again, uh, again uh, yeah, a lot of that stuff going on there. Of course, there's a billion languages out there, so why wouldn't there be words that mean the same thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I think about that. Um, what other questions did I... What questions should I have asked you that I missed that were sort of some of the <laughs> basics? Because I do this every show. I lose my own train of thought at least three times. Questions? Um, Well, I mean, do you know your own moon sign? Do you know how to find it? I don't. How how would I find that? You would go online and you would find a, um, a free chart generator and put in your birthday put in your birthplace, put in your time of, um, of birth so that you can identify your trio. Don't even worry about all that other stuff. You know, get, get your, uh, get more familiar with your own foundation. I assume I could do the same for my own Jupiter sign and my own, you know, and then in various subjects as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you do, get a chart, you're going to get a layout of all the planets and the signs that they're in um, and and where everything is laid out in your chart um, as that base, as that uh, baseline, I should say, of, of your own energy. And then finding out which one's your sun, which one's your moon. Rising is in that nine o'clock spot. Um, moon and sun could be anywhere. But, um, that would be a question that I would want you to have an answer to so that you could take your own self-understanding to a new level. Uh, well, perhaps I shall. Perhaps I shall. What does... Um, and your phoenix. And you already know about your phoenix. <laughs> I said, yeah. That, that, I, mean, it's, it's, it, I cannot tell you how weird it is to, to be a... I mean, I really... Yeah, I didn't know anything about it at the time. I, I swear to the world. Um <laughs> Retrograde. What what does retrograde mean, and what's the opposite of retrograde? 
I mean, obviously, there's so it's not like. That's an interesting question. I don't know if there is an opposite of retrograde, but retrograde is simply, from our vantage point, it's a perception that is that any planet is moving backwards. Okay. Every planet within the zodiac experiences a retrograde. Um, the one that we're most familiar with is Mercury retrograde. And we are in that right now, as in that phase right now. Um, but it's the perception that Mercury's forward motion slowed down. It stationed, it stopped and stationed itself and then started to go backwards. And in that going backwards, um, I think Mercury retrograde gets a bad rap. I mean, things can go awry. Things do go awry because Mercury uh, rules communication. You know, there could be misunderstandings. You could push send on that email or text message too soon and it wasn't quite what you wanted to say or you didn't mean to say or, damn, I said it and now, shoot. <laughs> um, uh, there could be... This is great. It wasn't me. It was the retrograde. <laughs> and, and, and there's enough... Uh, general folklore now that people will, will understand that um, technology, I mean, your computer might go wonky, you, you didn't save the document and now it's completely gone And I mean, all kinds of things but there's a beauty in the retrograde phase because it's if, if you think of all the, what I call the re-words, using the prefix re, it's time to renew, remember reevaluate, review um so it's not all redress, revenge. <laughs> no, that's not a prefix. It, it can be. It can be reinvent. It can be renew. Reinvent. It can be regenerate. It can. It can be. It can be nice stuff. But it really is a. It's a. It's a time because when any planet goes retrograde, it's it's um it's that same that same kind of energetic is in place. So it's but, always a time of. Reevaluation, reviewing, um, reconsidering, uh, redetermining, reimagining um, what it is that you want to have in place. Reflection. Reflection. Perf perfect. But, it is but, an opportunity of reflection. But waxing and waning of the moon—that—that's not the same thing. It's—it's. It's, that is not the same thing. Um. So. At some point, retrograde ends, it'll station still again and then start to move forward. So, and when it moves forward, that's you want everything that you reflected on is now time to put some the rubber to the road and, and make these changes happen. You don't want to make drastic changes in a retrograde period. Um, you want to use that as a preparation time to move forward when the energy is going direct again. In terms of waxing and waning, um, that's all related to the moon and, and what I would say are, are her phases. So that thinking of the new moon as the start of a lunar cycle, again, the sun and moon are conjunct together, dark moon in the sky. That's a time to plant, set intentions, plant seeds based on where the moon is um, and what you want to manifest for yourself. And then as the, as the moon grows in size, she's waxing until she waxes full. 
she's at her culmination at the full moon phase. And then within that next day or so, she's going to start to wane and grow smaller in size. Um, so there is, there is time for um, reflection as she, you know, gets smaller and smaller until finally the, the cycle starts again with the new moon the next month. So um, waxing is growing in size, growing in the energy that you're putting out, and then the waning is more internal. I know that you may not know the answer to this. I also know for sure that you that you don't know the specifics of these different things. But we know that there's a, a solar zodiac. That's what we've been talking about. We know that there's a lunar zodiac. We, we've alluded to that. We know that the Chinese zodiac, you know, you go to a Chinese restaurant, you see the menu, it's the Jupiter zodiac is their primary. Um, you know, year of the cat, year of the dragon, whatever. Um, are there zodiacs for the other seven planets or uh, yeah other seven planets because we're not counting earth because we're not you know um that you know of it's okay if you don't but uh if there if there aren't that that seems like a pretty interesting business opportunity to start one and and, and, and i don't know how to do it but maybe some of your expertise could 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 put something together though i'm just i'm just saying i I just i just I just want a fifteen. I just want a five to fifteen percent, okay. an origination fee of fifteen percent, and a residual five percent. That's it. I just, okay, just we'll talk offline. yeah, we can yeah, we can talk offline exactly. Um, last question, maybe silly, maybe not. Um, what do you think of daily horoscopes from like newspapers? Uh, you know, or yeah, I'm sure it's mostly online now. But yeah, I mean, daily horoscopes are they is, is are some better than others? Are they all sort of garbage? Are they all great? I mean, you know, you know, what, what, what? I mean, I think that I see them as an entry point. Okay. Um, and if it's something that helps somebody make sense, of, I'm all for understanding. Now that I will say up front. So do I think it offers a deep level? I do not. Um, there's definitely some that are better than others. I think there's a lot of, and I, I don't know them by name, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of blogs. I mean, there's so, there's so many websites now. There's, there's so much available that if somebody knows that one piece about them, that, that sun sign, because that's what they're based on, um, is your sun sign. My suggestion is, though, to challenge yourself and at least learn your moon, again, going back to that moon and that rising sign, because the the um, the daily horoscopes or whatever that I think give more insightful information will tell you, be sure to read your rising sign and then read your sun sign. Because again, that rising sign is how you are out and about in the world. So take a peek at that first and then go back to what is that, what I would call the comfort zone and that's your sun sign. Um, I think that approach gives a lot more insight and a lot more for someone to consider if they're going to be checking something on a daily or weekly basis. 
I know I said last question, but it turns out I lied. I didn't know I was lying at the time. Um, okay. Is there any significance and what is the significance of things? That's sort of your fault because you said it, of things yeah. like the bad moon, the harvest moon, the blood moon, blue moons. So, I mean, oh, blue moons are fabulous. Blue moons are when the moon is not actually the color blue, but... It's like two full two, moons in one month, there's right? There's two full moons within a 30-day cycle. So those don't happen often. That's why it's once in a blue moon. Right. Um, but the... The, um, the, the names of... Yes, every full moon has has a name, and those are typically attributed to the um, the patterns that were discovered and identified and then named through um, indigenous populations. So the harvest moon and the pink moon and the strawberry moon and the, um, the snow, I mean, all of those names are coming from indigenous peoples who tracked the sky, you know, who were tracking the sky, made these um, observations about what was happening in their agricultural way and connected that particular lunar cycle um, with that name. But the position and the and where the moon is and the significance is the same regardless of whether, if it's a full yeah. moon, it's still a full moon. The harvest moon just may be during a harvest time or, you know. Right, but the harvest moon always happens the same time of year. You're not going to have a harvest moon in February. Right, okay. The harvest moon is always, um, it, you know, it's always in, in this time, in September time. So right, even if the harvest is, in South America or Australia, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hmm. I'm sorry. I was, even if the harvest in like Australia and South America is in March, it's, it's the Northern Hemisphere harvest. Right, right. Okay. Um, Related question, and I and I promise almost that this is my last. <laughs> Eclipses and comets. Any any sig- particular significance there? Yeah, lunar eclipses are deeply internal activations. Any eclipse is a course corrector. So when we have a um, a lunar eclipse, its effects are more in an internal processing and can last for all eclipses. The effects can um, make themselves apparent months from the time that the eclipse actually happened, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, a solar eclipse, because of that, that outward energy is something that's, it could be happening in out around you. Um, an extension of you, I should say. So um, one is more outwardly directed in an energetic way and one is more internal. But both of them, their effects can be made manifest within months. So it's usually like a six-month cycle that um, if an eclipse happens, it would be important to, or when the eclipse happens, um, you know, to be noticing or be aware of the fact that there could be some major shifts, some major redirection happening in your life um, as a result of that up to six months later. Yeah. And comets or any giant asteroids or anything like that or 
I mean, that's just the celestial being just being magical, man. <laughs> okay, that, 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 that's fair enough. Actually, well, that, I mean, again, that, I mean, there's different meteor showers and whatnot that happen on the regular, um, consistently. Sure. You know, so it again, it's to me, it's just evidence of that cycle, those cycles. And nothing like um, the aurora borealis, whatever the equivalent is in the south. <sighs> nothing. Well, those are silver storms. Okay. I mean, those are those are are silver storms that create this incredible. Um, sure, but in the but in astrology, there's no particular significance yeah, tied to not. those. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's just sky magic, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Nothing wrong with sky magic. We're not trying to dismiss yeah. sky magic here. We're just we're just <laughs> saying that there's a particular tie to astrology, at least you know per, per year and all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, we've got about an hour and a half. I think that's plenty for a 101, 201 course. I think we've covered the basics, at least as far as I can think of. Um, if people want to follow you or get in touch with you, if you want to get gotten in touch with, if you've got something <laughs> to promote or sell, you said you were an author. So this, this is your chance, a free promotion zone. Oh, my word. Um, I can be reached... Um, I can be found at Carla, Carla with a K, CarlaRayThompson.com. Um, and if you sign up, now I will say when you go to CarlaRayThompson.com, you will discover um, Ignite Understanding. And there's an opportunity to sign up for newsletter through that. And that would be the first and easiest way to go. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Thank you very much. Carla, Thank you. Uh, if you see D and J before I do, and the chances of that are pretty strong, though I blame them them for that, not me. Uh, <laughs> please send my regards, and uh, I appreciate your patience and tolerance, and your sharing your information. And uh, I may just follow up with you at some point to when I feel like I know enough to ask enough questions to fill up a show. And I will say this too: the more you learn. The, the more you engage with your own chart, the more those questions will come because you're going to be like, why the heck is such and such this way? So if you have not taken that deep dive, you just let me know. Yeah. And I also have to say thank you to you for your understanding, your flexibility and your patience. And you know all the reasons why I'm saying that. So it's, thank it's, you. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it, uh, this is a show. Nobody gets paid on this show. Everyone's a volunteer. This is a labor of love, like, and volunteerism, so, uh, and guests are guests, and so I, I strive to be as flexible as humanly possible within any sort of reason, and you are well within the bounds of, of, of reason. <laughs> well, well within that spectrum. You have, you, have, you have plenty of degrees to go, to use a term you used earlier. So I thank you once again. And folks, yeah, f please uh, if, give her a follow, sign up for a newsletter, and you can also take a little bit of time and rate, review, and refer this show. That would be wonderful as well. Tell your friends, and we will hear from you next time in the Garden of
Suicide prevention starts with everyday heroes like you. Join the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention for any of the 11 Maryland Out of the Darkness walks this fall. Walk with us to fight suicide and raise funds and awareness to help save lives in Maryland. Together, we can create a culture that's smart about mental health. Find a walk near you. Go to AFSP.org slash MD together. That's AFSP.org slash MD together. Marylanders, are you eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid? If so, you may qualify for CareFirst Blue Cross Blue Shield Advantage Dual Prime benefits. Learn more at carefirstdsnp.com or call 877-200-3929 to learn more. CareFirst Blue Cross Blue Shield Medicare Advantage is an HMO SNP plan with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in CareFirst Blue Cross Blue Shield Medicare Advantage depends on contract renewal.